You're listening to Rock Out With, hosted by me, Danny Faye. So you've got a nice glass of wine there. <laughs> uh, I need it after my week. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you want to introduce yourselves and what you do in the band. Uh, so I'm Charlotte, I sing and play bass guitar. I'm Libby, I play guitar um, and some backing vocals. And our drummer's over there, Claire. She's shy. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been um, up to during lockdown? Oh, so, well, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, hasn't it? So when her lockdown first happened, we had like quite a lot of gigs booked that we were meant to do. And obviously they all got cancelled. Um, and then we weren't allowed to see each other for a while for actually like practicing and stuff. So we've kind of like, we've written some songs like separately, like during lockdown when we've not been able to see each other. And then sporadically we've like actually been able to practice for like a few months. And then it's like, oh, you can't practice anymore. <laughs> so we do have like some songs written. Because um, we released our last like album in 2019. And then we were like really pumped up and excited because like things seemed like they were like getting somewhere and we had like loads of good gigs and we had like a really good launch of the album. And then we thought, oh, 2020, we can write and record the next one. But then like coronavirus happened and it just went all a bit downhill. So, but recently we've been able to like meet up again and we've got like some new songs written. And yeah, it's like exciting. So we just can't wait to get back in the studio now and get some songs recorded. Yeah, we just got the ball rolling. Like Charlotte said, we've got the album launch and we were really, really excited about it all. We've got all these gigs booked. And then it was just a massive blow, not only to not see each other, which I found really, really mm. difficult. Um, we just lost the momentum, didn't we? And yeah. then it's not all gigs are honoured again to be booked for the following year. So it's a lot of graft to kind of, do your own administration in that kind of sense as well then yeah did you book all your own gigs then uh, a lot of them yeah usually we have like a few different promoters that we work with or like people who contact us and offer us gigs um but yeah we don't have like we basically manage ourselves and we do all the admin ourselves run our own website and literally just do everything ourselves, don't we? It's very DIY. So it's like, especially because we all work full time as well. It's just like, um, like we'll have meetings where we're like, okay, we need to catch up on this. We need to do this. But I suppose when you've got all that responsibility, sometimes it does kind of like take away from like, I'd rather spend this time like writing music instead of actually like doing the business side of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it's got to be done on to it. <laughs> Um, so obviously you, you mentioned that your last album was released in 2019. That was um, Sister Sister Psychosis, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's a bit of a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I'm dyslexic, so trying to say it like really fast. It's like, Ugh. how um, how was that? Well, was that received? Oh, it was amazing. It, we did a launch party at Rock City. I think it was May, wasn't it, that we released it officially. And then to raise the money for the release, we did it all ourselves because we were going to use a website called, what's that website? Was it Kickstarter? No, it's a or, different one. Um, it was like a, a launching platform where like the, a third party company collected the, the fundraising. fundraising for It was like yeah. a very well-known music fundraising website. 
that all the band seemed to be using and but then it turned got stung. Yeah. Absolutely just got stung. And then it turned out like that they hadn't been paying the bands or any of the musicians the money that they'd raised and they'd been keeping it off for themselves and they went bankrupt basically. We dodged a massive bullet with that. I mean like just it was a week before we're about to launch this campaign. Um our friends band that hands off Gretel and I think the cut as well. Yeah, they all got affected by um, it. They actually spoke out about it. And if they hadn't have spoken out about it, we would have we'd have lost same thing all. Happened, yeah. We would have not been able to, yeah. to do it. And I mean, they were in such a pickle really because they'd still got to foot the well, they, they were gracious enough to foot the bill to send out all the merch that were promised that people had, had paid for it and yeah. like a pre-order in order to raise the money. But then they were in a massive deficit um, because not only had they not got those fundraising, they, they'd actually fought their own bill. It was, yeah. So that's criminal, actually. It's, it's stealing. Yeah. yeah. So, but in a way, it kind of like, I kind of like think it was a good thing for us because it forced us to kind of like do it ourselves. So we did it all on our own website and we shared it like all across our social media. And like it was basically like all of like, like our followers and our fans and our friends who kind of like pre-ordered the album or ordered merch, and we ended up reaching like our fundraising goal, and that paid for like the CD printing and the merch. And like when we actually recorded the album, we like obviously some of it we put in ourselves towards band, but obviously a lot of it we'd raised from gigs and stuff like that. So it's all like self-funded really, like through hard yeah. graft and just people supporting us. So it was just amazing, just like the support that we had. Like it's when you put something out there in the world, you don't know how it's going to be received. So to have people like respond well to it and the fact that we sent it off for like reviews and we had like some really positive feedback and it's amazing reviews. Yeah. Okay. And just people like sending you messages saying like, oh, how much a certain song means to them or how much they love the album. It's just like really, really just like makes you happy and makes you want to write some more stuff. So yeah. <laughs> and it's given us the confidence to be able to do stuff off our own back and not rely on these third-party platforms that take a cut from you anyway mm. we know how to do it now and we feel confident enough to next time next album we, we've got a, a battle plan we know what to do yeah so you're going to do it all on your own again yeah. yeah so we know like what to do and what not to do kind of <laughs> i mean for for a company to hold such a lot of money that you, I mean, well, to some people it might not be a lot of money, but to us it was like it's the whole album campaign to hold that and have it in some kind of limbo. And if we never saw it, then the project's lost. Yeah. And so we, we can't do that. We can't have that. It was example. a bl blessing in disguise. On Absolutely. Yeah. And what's your favorite song to play off of it? Oh, you we had this conversation the other day, didn't we? And we were like, no, Icy Red, no, Emily, no, Messed Around. <laughs> For different reasons, different songs. I love Messed Around because um, when Claire plays this, is it a snare bit, Claire, that yeah, I like? Yeah. When Claire plays the snare, I'm like, bum wiggle. You can't <laughs> help it. It's just amazing. <sighs> I love playing um, Icy Red because when it kicks into the chorus, it's just something where it's a hair flicker, isn't it? It's probably the heaviest song yeah. on the album, yeah. Um, then there's just some melodies, like Emily's chorus, um, I get to do a bit of backing vocals on there, and it just, you know, it's one of those songs where you want to sing it in the, in the like, at a party or a club or something, mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm joining in at that point. Um, 
and I like doing a little solo bit in there. Yeah, I think like my favorite songs, like I really love All Eyes on Her. Like I don't know, I just feel like that's probably one of my favorite ones. It's like it just feels special. That one's really fun to play as well for me. Like some songs have got more interesting parts to play than others, but you love them all for different reasons. Yeah, and Emily, I just think it's just a great song. Yeah. Yeah. I really like All Eyes on Her because it's got like um, a little twinkly bit in it that I get to play and I feel like I'm just decorating yeah. it. Yeah, we've got like that bit on the bridge where it's kind of like in Teenage Dirtbag where it like breaks down and it's from another perspective. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that bit. I like that bit too. So yeah, they're probably our faves, like half the album. <laughs> but then it's like um, on Wasted when Claire plays a drum it's like proper anthemy. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. More of a punky one. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just sections of songs where it's like, oh, I really like this bit of the song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it just it felt good because we did have one of our like first gigs back the other day, and it was just like so, it was very nerve wracking to play in front of an audience, again, but it was also It was obviously like for on there that we thought were like filler songs. Mm -hmm. So we made sure that we could just kept saying to each other, all killer, no filler, which is a Sum 41 album. Because um, you didn't want any songs that people are just skipping the cars or wherever they are. Yeah. So we wanted to love every single song. Yeah. So yeah, really pleased with it. Is there a particular one that the fans go crazy for at live gigs? Um, the, the Burn the Witch is probably the oldest one on them. But people seem to really love that one, Burn the Witch. There's parts in that one that I, I get to do like little fiddly bits and I really, that's fun to play. Yeah. So yeah, like, but like we will, sometimes we'll post things about us, like certain songs or whatever and people will be like, oh, this is my favourite one. And it's kind of nice like hearing like how people have their own preferences and it gives us ideas of like what to write as well because it's like, oh, they like this kind of song, so I'll try and do something even better next time. Our major, major supporters, we call them the front row crew because any gig that we can go to, you just know that some members of, or all of the members of the front yeah, row crew familiar will be faces. on the front row. Um, and I can, in my mind's eye, I know that that person loves Icy Red, that person Yeah, and you kind of know who loves what song. That one loves... He loves me now. Yeah. And we've got a friend called Emily, so we all say, this one's for Emily. Even <laughs> though the lyrics are kind of like a bit dodgy, but <laughs> it's not actually about her, but... <laughs> dodgy is in, like, jealousy. It's not, yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, but I just liked the name, Emily. I just thought it, it, it sounded good. It was it. the phonetics of Emily. the name, yeah. yeah. And I think everyone knows someone called Emily. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. I remember at one gig, I was like, is anyone here called Emily? And there was just silence. I was like, come on, there's got to be one person in this room called Emily. I was like, okay, this is just an Emily somewhere in the world. <laughs> I thought it would be nice to have a song as well. Like, um, I know that Pink Floyd's got See Emily Play, but, um, yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to stand out as, oh, Emily, it's synonymous and stuff. Yeah. I think as long as you look, love the song, yeah, yeah, have confidence in it. You've got to enjoy playing it. Yeah. Um, so, what's the funniest thing that's ever happened at a gig or like on tour? Oh God, <laughs> so many. <laughs> You're better at like telling anecdotes, so. <laughs> what were you? Oh, I'm drunk. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> there was this one game oh, we played where we broke everything at the top in Tumbra in Nottingham and just everything just seemed to keep going wrong it's like we were cursed so we were playing this sketchy 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 drum kit that as I was playing I was holding my foot on it so it wouldn't like chase away from clip <laughs> didn't your guitar break and you had to borrow someone's guitar yeah like I, I had this guitar which you could have put money on it. It was about the most reliable thing, but it got locked in tuning, which means like um, you couldn't retune it. Yeah, it's got this floating bridge, which means if a string snap, the whole thing goes out of tune, and it's basically like RIP until you can get you know <laughs> your, your little Allen keys back out. And I was like, no, it's over. <laughs> Um, then what else did we break? Oh, you always break a glass. Always. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just keeps happening so I got She's animated I too much to drink and then I was at the merch stand like chatting away and I lent on this I think it was another bar and I lent on and I apologized and then I ended up like dropping a wine glass and I don't know it just went crazy <laughs> it was like too close together so you step backwards you break something else it was, oh, it was, but I don't think we've ever broke anything else since. I don't think we've broken other people's things. Just never, our own never. Things. <laughs> oh, I've tended, I, I've bled on somebody's guitar. Oh, before. yeah. So Libby, sometimes if we borrowed a guitar, like Libby would be playing with, like, really, like, energetically. And then she, it was an acoustic guitar as well, so it wasn't even an electric gig. And she bled all over this guy's oh. guitar. And it and soaked in. Soaked into the wood. And, like, we were apologising to him, like, oh, my God, like, we're so sorry. Like, we've got blood all over your guitar. And he's like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's really not that. It's like, it's bad. <laughs> I said, like, I'll buy it from you. I'm really, really sorry. I just caught my finger and I can't, I've done it that many times now that I just, I can't really feel it. Sometimes I did it the phone and your fingers will just bleed. It just keeps Going. Yeah, like Frank Iera. Yeah, and then the gig we played the other night was a bit crazy as well. Like, oh yeah, our first gig in like over a year. Charlotte was a little bit um, um, feral. <laughs> <laughs> she was wine drunk, and then um, because it was like back from COVID, I was being because I was designated driver. I was really paranoid. I was like, you don't touch things. You don't touch things that strangers touch. <laughs> Just in case, what if you give them this? Anyway, so she, um, I take her to the toilet before we go, and I'm like, wash your hands. And she says, no, it feels funny. <laughs> Only thing she's gone and done is soap to hands, <laughs> thinking it was hand job. <laughs> she was up to elbows in slime. <laughs> and you won't wash your mouth. That was funny. Oh, God. Good times. This, oh, on every time we go somewhere, you know, because we're all best friends since primary school, there's always, always something hilarious that happens, and we can't breathe. And nobody understands us because of our accent yeah. and we can't breathe laughing. Look at us funny. And it's fun when you can like stay overnight as well and you get to stay in like a travel, well, the luxury of a travel lodge. And, <laughs> and like we would go on nights out after the gig. That's always fun. Yeah. I remember once, because me and Charlotte, we get tired quick. <laughs> Claire took us out and we was like, oh my gosh, 4 a.m. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> Oh, we were like showing up about how late we were up like screenshotting our phones like we're still awake yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of other stories but I don't think you'd appreciate me telling <laughs> oh dear yeah, you know, yeah it's always a good laugh but... that's literally all we do like mm -hmm. it's just laugh 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 um, so how would you describe your music to someone that hasn't heard you? 
Oh, so I'd say like that's another thing. Like sometimes we'll, I think we've kind of like got to a point now where we've kind of like we've found our sound, if you know what I mean. Like we know what we are good at writing. So like we'll have some songs that are very heavy or like punky, and some of them are for like metal influences. <laughs> and then other times, I just remember some. I needed to chew because I'm laughing too much. Okay. Oh, <laughs> this is what I have to put with. <laughs> but then other times we'll write songs that are more like ballads that are slower. So it's kind of like I think that because like we've grown up listening to like pop punk or like grunge or things like that we've all got like our own influences and like bands that we love or music that we like listening to individually but then we kind of come together and we bring like our own influences and like music that we enjoy to the band so I think oh it's hard to kind of describe how we sound because each song is kind of like has its own personality and its own kind of distinct sound but um Libby's quite good when she describes it I think she says something like um grungy riffs and kind of like um strong melodies and yeah I'm not great at describing our sound I always ask other people how to describe it because sometimes it's nice to know like how other people perceive you instead of describing yourself if you know what I mean yeah so who does the bulk of the songwriting or do you all do it equally so um usually like for me personally, I tend to kind of like start songs on my own. So I'll sit, I'll be at home like with an acoustic guitar or something and I'll write a song or come up with an idea and then I'll record it and I'll send it to these guys like on WhatsApp or something. And then usually I can tell from their reaction if they like it or not. Or sometimes we'll work on things like separately and then when we come to the band practice, we'll show each other what we've got. So I think it's kind of like we d we all kind of like share it equally because obviously Claire writes all the drum parts. Me and Libby tend to share like the actual vocals, lyrics, and guitar and things like that in terms of songwriting. But um, yeah, we tend to write separately and then come together and show each other what we've got. And then because we kind of like decide together if we like it or not. And then it's like what Libby was saying, like all killer and no filler. So like. We might write something, it's okay, but if we don't feel like it's like gonna be good enough to actually record and like spend the money to like recording this song, then we'll just like wait until we come up with a song that like you just kind of get a good feeling about it, and that's when you know that it's worth recording and sticking with it and finishing the whole song all together. You're eight up. I find it really hard to stop laughing when I start laughing. <laughs> Sometimes, honestly, we'll be on stage, won't we? Can't stop laughing. You laugh at like inappropriate things as well. Like <laughs> oh, I know. someone will tell her something like personal or like emotional, and she like she like laughs. It's not response. because it's not because I find it funny. It's because I don't know. It's just the awkwardness of it. Mm -hmm. Like when Charlotte was like telling me about <laughs> sorry when her dog had died, and I did love her dog. I just didn't know what to do, and I just was like laughing. You just laugh at, at, at emotional things. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you don't know how to handle your emotions deep seated psychological thing I don't know <laughs> I think that is a thing though I think some people do awkward, yeah. do laugh at things when it's like an emotional thing because they don't know what else to do yeah yeah it's That's like it. a nervous laugh <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
yeah, yeah definitely nervous laughter yeah but then if I'm there and she does it in front of someone I just kind of have to like go away somewhere oh, I, I remember one gig Claire's just reminded me about it so there was this there was this gig where this girl was doing like an an artistic representation of I don't know it was like, like an interpretive dance or something yeah um except she'd got like this this bag that was furry and she wanted you to stroke the bag <laughs> and it expanded and it made this squeaky wheeze noise and it was meant to be really really serious and I had to like discreetly <laughs> walk off because I couldn't stop laughing just because everybody was oh when you're supposed to be really quiet and respectful of other people's performances oh, oh sorry maybe that's a bit format well you know, we just had a question which is about how you describe our sound and I'm not very good at describing it, but you are. So do you um, want to give it a go? I'd say a pop punk powerhouse, a trio of just three of us. Where it's just like it, it's lively. It's got fire in it, and it? it's got guts. It's got melodies that are, are catchy and stuff that like earworms that you keep singing, but it's not cheesy at the same time. Well, we try not to be cheesy, but sometimes you can't help it. Yeah, that's <laughs> when we end up laughing as well, isn't it? That's when we end up arguing about the lyrics, because I, I can be quite cheesy with the lyrics, and then I'll come to Ben and show them, and they'll be like, we like it, but you need to tone down the cheese a bit. <laughs> <laughs> we need to grate that cheese. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's been your... So what's been your proudest achievement so far? Oh. The album launch, the album. Yeah, I think the album launch, it was kind of like, it, it's like, I, I think because it was our gig and our album, it felt like everyone was there for us to support us. I was amazed when I just looked out and it was jam-packed and like you stood on the stage and there's a bit of dry ice and, and like when that reflects from the stage lights, you can't really see anything. But when it had cleared or when you walk off stage and you walk through the crowd and there is literally nowhere to walk because it is so packed. Mm. I was so pleased that we sold it out yeah. as well. And I think a lot of times you play gigs and you'll be supporting other bands or you'll be playing a town that you don't know. And sometimes it can be quite overwhelming or kind of like intimidating sometimes. But I think at that gig, we just knew that everyone who bought a ticket was kind of like there to support us or because they liked our music. And I think it was when we played one of our acoustic songs called He Loves Me Not and we were playing it. And like literally like people in the audience like sing the words back and the the album had only been out like a few days and I was just like it's just like gives you gives you like goosebumps. Mm. Yeah, so that was one of the songs that we'd not released as a single before the album was out or played at any other gigs. We were quite we kept them, didn't we, until the album launched. To yeah, make it more exciting. We felt like if we just played them at gigs, then people would have heard it all and it would be as important when we released them. Yeah, and I, I was like trying to concentrate really hard after playing like a really fiery electric set where. We're sweating, we're absolutely dripping in with sweat and I've got loads of energy being around stage all night and your hands sort of shake as well with adrenaline and, and it's as though you've been running. Um, so then our last song was playing an acoustic song and it needed quite a lot of control because it was, it was like a finger picking thing. Um, so I was trying to focus on what I was doing thinking don't mess it up because it would be so obvious. 
<laughs> and then I just had this moment where you realize where you are again. It was sort of like being grounded, but I was like, it was completely distorted reality because you've got, I could just hear voices, a lot of voices singing back a song that by rights I shouldn't have heard until what, two days before or that day, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. So they, some of them wouldn't have even had it in the post yet. So that, that meant that they must have been streaming it and downloading it. That was special. Yeah, that's probably our favourite thing. Like, just all the hard work, it felt like it came to a head at that gig. And, yeah, that's what we're going to have to recreate now for the next album, but even better. <laughs> it was such a weird wind-down after that gig as well, wasn't it? I, I actually felt sick. Mm. It must have been adrenaline. It was just, it was, it just took over, like, everything, didn't it? Like, I remember, like, on the lead-up to that album, literally... I just like lived and breathed band. Like I'd go to work all day and then I'd come home and then I'd do band stuff. And I loved it though. Yeah. It, it was Claire's birthday, which is just before our album launch. And it was two o'clock and we sat at my kitchen table signing the CDs, posting mm. them off. Oh, we were we? up to like 2 a.m. or something, just yeah. packing things. We had a tray of chocolate brownies because it was Claire's birthday. Mm-hmm. We love brownies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, so that's probably our highlight, just the album launch that we did and just like, it was just like an amazing experience, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So have you got any more gigs planned for the rest of the year? Oh, so we've just done a gig in Leicestershire. So that was our first gig back after like over a year. And then I was actually looking through my diary last night just to see when our next two gigs are. And I think our next full band gig isn't until July now. So we've got an acoustic one next month, just at like a local one. We're from Nottinghamshire. So it's just like a local acoustic event that we're going to do at a local pub called The Brown Cow. But then after that, July is like our next... um, proper gig like as a full band so that will be it's called the bullfrog bash and it's kind of like a festival like a biker rally type event um so we've got that in july and then we've got a gig at the chameleon cafe in nottingham with our friends um i don't think it's alice's aunts that are playing but it's um The the band members from that band um are, are members of other bands and oh, yeah. they got they're putting on a gig and we really like the chameleon cafe because it's just a, a really cool venue in nottingham we always get a good sound there as well which makes a difference yeah so we're playing at the chameleon cafe in august and then we've got like a few bigger gigs towards the end of the year so we've got um in october we're playing skegness butlins because we played there in 2019 it's called the great british great British Alternative Festival and we played the introducing stage in 2019 and we like won it because like the crowd vote for the favourite um, and if you win it you get to play the main stage the next year so we'd won it and it was an amazing experience but obviously with 2020 it got cancelled so now it's kind of rolled over to this year so fingers crossed we'll get to play the big stage this year so that'll be really fun and then the only other one that comes to mind is in a in December, we've got our own like Christmas gig. We've got back Cornwall. Um, yeah, that's also in October. We're playing Cornwall, and that's the first time we'll ever play Cornwall. So we're treating it like a holiday. So <laughs> we've got to go to the seaside and stuff, aren't we? Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, the only other one is the Christmas gig at the Bodega in December. And that's like our own gig that we're putting on. And we've got a few bands. So we've got Haxon, Alice's Ants, and Buenos Treehouse that we've got playing with us. So yeah, they're the ones that come off the top of my head. But I think now that things are starting to gradually get more normal again, we'll start booking more and more gigs. And we tend to update it like on our website or on social media. So we'll keep promoting it on there as well. So hopefully we'll get some more bookings as well because it's always nice to have gigs to look forward to. Yeah, we always do a Christmas party as well, which is nice for everybody to get together at the end of the year and just... Yeah, Let it all out. Everybody's <laughs> in the good spirits. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've got one final question, which is if you could rock out with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? That was quick. <laughs> <laughs> so why Biffy? I'm on the Biff. Um, <laughs> I just I've got a massive admiration for Simon mm. Neil. He plays through the pedals and amps as me and I've just I've just got a lot of respect for his riffs and his melody like he doesn't like prioritize one or the other he makes sure that it sounds great as a whole mm. also Billy Joe Armstrong um Green Day just have been a massive influence on me like just throughout our whole like teenagehood like Green Day were like who we aspire to be like I think when I play like I have got kind of like some of my rhythms that I play or my power chords it's a bit of a nod to Billy Joe sometimes I think you can tell that I'm influenced mm. by him yeah I think for me like I remember when I discovered Hole and Courtney Love like that was just a massive like change for me because like I'd always like I'd gotten into rock music as a teenager and I'd listened to like loads of different bands and a lot of them were like male bands um and I'd never really listened to like female rock vocals and female inspired rock before. And I just remember when I first started listening to Hole and Courtney Love, it was just like a whole new world had opened up and like this female rage. And I just felt like so empowered and inspired. And I just remember like I, I saw Hole live at Rock City in Nottingham a few years ago. I think actually it's 2014 now, so I feel really old. Um, but it, I just remember it was like a spiritual experience. And there was just like something special about that gig. There was just like something in the in the air. And it's just like all these songs that had meant so much to me. And I was seeing them being played live and just, yeah, it was just something special. So I'd say for me, like Courtney Love and Hole, like I just love that band. There's quite a lot, but if I were going to choose two, it'd be... Um, not that you said I could choose two, but, <laughs> but you only got one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would say I've done Keith Flint. Keith Flint. Ooh, player says Keith Flint from Prodigy. He's That's a good nice dude, right? Yeah, I love Prodigy as well. That's the thing, like, all our musical influences are just so varied, like... It's our dad's. Definitely our dads. Yeah. <laughs> our dads are so tired, musical taste. Like I like my dad, like I remember like I'd be in bed and then I'd just hear music blowing out on a Saturday morning. I'd be like, what the hell is this? Oh my <laughs> dad used to do that. Oh it was Pink Floyd and he'd go, Hello, is there anybody in there? And he meant get up out of your bedroom because I've got nobody to talk to. But yeah, I remember that you used to drive it's insane. Yeah. It's just, I find it funny now because it's just on the same wavelength as me and my sense of humour. Like I think of like Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, The Doors, 
adamant like they're all like stuff my dad listens to and it's just stuff that I, like, I love as well and it has had a big influence on like my music taste and what I listen to like because I think like once you discover one band you kind of like look into like oh what other bands are similar that I might like you yeah. know, discover stuff yourself or like I've also gotten like my dad into stuff so like my dad never used to listen to Nirvana and then now he's like obsessed and yeah it's just cool yeah, my dad listens to Sip Little Fingers and we go to gigs there as well. Really? So, um, and we're playing with them at Butlins, aren't we? I know, yeah. so that'd be a special thing. Like, Is your dad coming to Butlins? Proud dad. Yeah, we should. If not, I'll be wearing my top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Loving it. Yeah, my dad, um, right from a young age, it was always he'd always got like the rock music on because my mum and my brother there, they're amazing musicians. My, my, my brother is an absolute maverick genius with music, like writing. Um, stuff for films, composing, that sort of thing. It was all like black brass band stuff. So I'd, I'd got, got a lot of like musical influences from the whole family anyway. My uncle plays, my uncle's a massive support of our band. And I mean, um, every guitar that I've got around has come from my <laughs> uncle. So it's like my whole family is mm. musically. Um, my brother is like he's just amazing and he he'll help we've actually got something really special coming out soon um instead of doing lyric sheets we've got the scores to some of our songs and then um, my brother has put them onto um music score sheets for us and they look amazing as well so yeah the whole family is really supportive yeah it's weird for me because, like, my dad loves music, but other than that, like, no one in my family has ever played an instrument or been musical or anything. So I think when I first started, like, obviously I've always loved singing, but then when I started getting into rock music and actually wanted to learn an instrument, like, I didn't really know what to do. It was all, like, self-taught and just kind of, like, st- like trial and error. You just, like, like, try different things and you just kind of feel like you're just figuring out on your own sometimes, you know, when you don't really have anyone in your family or anyone that you know that is into like music or knows how to play music so I think I always think back now like like how difficult it was and like sometimes like you kind of like put yourself down or you have self-doubt saying oh comparing yourself to other musicians and things but then I just think like think of how far you've come like when I was 16, I couldn't play a chord to save my life. Like, I, I had to teach myself. I remember teaching the first three or four chords, what the notes were on the guitar, what, like, the different anatomy on the guitar. She's so frustrated. <laughs> I was just like, you're going to have to do this on your own. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, oh, so this is the G, and she's not listening. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 you put your finger in the wrong place, and she's still not listening. Yeah. So I'm like, Ugh. I do very much see myself as an amateur, just like, I'm self-taught. I've never had singing lessons I've never had music lessons I just do it all by ear it's just very um what's the word I'm trying to think of a word that's better than amateur like pure that's the word <laughs> I like it you know, I've got, got a lot of admiration for Charlotte because she'll say things like that but um she's got an attitude that's like if you want something doing you do it yourself we haven't got a basis. I'm going to learn to play bass then. Within a year, she'd learned a set list of like 25 songs. Yeah, for, it was hard. For my fellas. We, we basically lost them. Um, because we, we used to have a couple of guys in the band and we were a five piece and 
Then they left. So obviously, Olivia plays guitar, Claire plays drums, and we didn't have a bassist. And I was the singer. I was like, I just need to suck it up and buy a bass and learn how to play bass. <laughs> and it I'm took a while. At the same time, I'm like, what kind of wizardry mm. is this? It I'm took a while, to... but I think again, it's just kind of just like if you need something doing, do it yourself. Yeah, if you want it doing a certain way, you've got to do it yourself. You've got yeah. to learn how to play. And I'm so glad now because I do really enjoy playing bass. And... But we've done that with a lot of things, like learning how to run desensitised, learning how to do our own website, learning how to do Photoshop. If you want something, because I can very specifically see like creative things in my mind. And if like I want somebody to do me a logo, I, I don't particularly know how to use Photoshop. So I know that's really frustrating for the other person when I'm just like, not right. <laughs> no. <laughs> so eventually you just think we're going to learn how to do it ourselves, get ourselves the own skills. Yeah. So, so that you've, uh, there's a lot of pride in that, seeing that you've created the whole article. But I think as well, like it is good to get like outside help for certain things as well. But again, it's just kind of like finding the right people who kind of like get you and what you're about and, who kind of like have the same kind of um on the same wavelength this year as well yeah yeah it seems like our album cover sort of thing like i'd send them an audi version of what i wanted <laughs> because i can't use photoshop very well and then i'm like can you please make it good <laughs> <laughs> we want this but we're not very good but something like this but better <laughs> yeah but it's got nice touches on there hasn't it like my own handwriting or like a photo of all three of us but it's taken from fan photos or photographers that have come and seen us, not because we paid for them to come and see us, but they wanted to come and take photos of us. So that was nice that they've got part of that. So well. it's nice to like have other people be a part of it. So there's a little part of them in the album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I must admit, I've actually got the album. Went off. When I saw the uh, detail on it, I was really impressed. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah. yeah, I love my favourite bit is like the holographic bit on the cover, I think. That's quite a specific one. Yeah. Like, it needs to be rainbow. It costs like <laughs> twice as much to get this shiny cover. And I was like, do we really need this shiny cover? She's like, yes. <laughs> I remember we were at the time, we were sat in the pub and I was like, it's got to be rainbow shiny, holographic. <laughs> it's got to be. Because it's going to go on the shelves of HMV. And this is at the time, you were like, what? I was like, all right. I was like, it's happening, it's happening. And it did, it happened. Yeah. So it was nice, like, because we got, I think HMV did, like, a scheme for unsigned bands where you could get your, like, CDs in HMV. So we went in, like, I think I emailed them to start with, and then we went in to see them, and we organised it all and, like, filled in the paperwork and stuff. And then they asked us to play, didn't they, in, yeah, in the actual sure. store in That's HMV. Good. And it's just, like, one of those things, like, when you're a teenager, you, like, think, oh, I wonder if I'll ever get to do something like that. And... It was just a really good experience, yeah. But it's funny, isn't it? Because I was admin at the time. I was like, no, they're going to be on the shelves. You manifested it. It's going to happen. <laughs> and you're like, okay, then. No. And then it did. Yeah. Okay, so is there anything else you guys wanted to add? Like where people can find you or anything? Um, so we are on like the standard social media. So Facebook, Instagram, it's Desensitised UK. Uh, we've got our website, which is desensitised.co.uk. And to be fair, we tend to share pretty much everything that we do on, like, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They're, like, our main, like, platforms that we share things on. So we've got, like, quite a lot that we're planning at the minute. So our main focus at the minute is, like, writing songs 
and getting ready for our next album. We're like booking some more gigs. So we've got some booked already, but we're hoping to book some more for this year. And yeah, we're just, it, we're just excited to be able to like meet each other again and see each other and be able to actually write songs together. So yeah, it's, ex- it's exciting to be back at it. Yeah, we're adding in um, new stuff to the mix. Um, now doing piano, which is Gilded, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's fun to kind of like get back together. I feel like we've kind of like in lockdown, we've been in hibernation a little bit. So I feel like we're finally allowed to kind of like get back at it now. We can't wait. Brilliant. <laughs> so thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for inviting us. I think it's brilliant what you're doing, and um, yeah, I think if you're like I think we can't wait to like listen to it and this is like other bands being part of it because I love listening to podcasts so I think this is like a brilliant idea like interviewing bands and but yeah thank you so much for asking us thank you thank you um yeah I will let you get back to doing whatever it is you're doing <laughs> thank you we're, just, um, <laughs> we're doing some practicing while we're together so we're gonna carry on with that I think brilliant okay then guys and I will um speak to you later Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.